Hello and welcome to More After The Break, the podcast that has, on average, <laughs> one podcast per year. And we're hoping to make it a little more this year. And as it's January, we're going to try and at least do 12 episodes. Otherwise, we'll probably give up next year. Um, hang on. There's that. That's still going. Uh, so, obviously, we've got me, Adam, and Biff. Hello. And we're here to talk about anything and everything and see where the conversation takes us. I've got a few topics, Biff, that I'll put to you that we could talk about. Excellent. And as we get with it... Um, we need to talk a bit louder. I'll cut that out. That's all that. Um, so, the thing that I wanted to talk to you first, if I can find my list of prompts, is, first of all, NHS and Rishi Sunak. Okay. So, obviously we're going through a bit of a 1970s reprise with industrial action, nurses on strike, Railways on strike. Teachers. Teachers on strike. Amazon workers on strike. Amazon workers. And the government's answer seems to be, let's stop industrial action, rather than looking at the problem of, you know, and take nurses, for example. First off, they we were out clapping them during COVID, seen as a, a, you know, a necessity, a mm. key worker. Key worker. And... Obviously, now they're asking for more pay. I think they deserve it. And also, the thing that didn't co- I didn't contemplate when I was thinking about nurses' pay to begin with until I saw on the news someone talking about it is the fact that they have to pay to park. Oh yeah. In their job. Yeah. That's and the prices. A big thing, yeah. And the prices have gone up for paying for the jobs. Mm. And but it just seems that there's no real negotiation now. It's just uh, closed doors. Mm close ranks and not do anything what do you think of it i think along with probably 90 percent of the population that they do deserve a pay rise because to be fair they haven't had one in ages and the jobs that they do should be reflected uh in the pay that they get that said because their claim was 19 percent, wasn't it yep and uh, even they realized that that is not realistic so they've now come back and said that they would be willing to accept roughly 10 percent, which is in line with um the rate of inflation is it i think it is just about isn't it i think inflation's higher than higher that, than that yeah. high. but um so i don't think they were realistic about the 19 percent, and the government should have actually realized that and i think they probably did but there's um a bigger subtext here with the government in my honest opinion um in that and i think you said at the beginning rather than trying to solve the situation um in good faith and enter the room i mean the union have actually said all we want at this moment is for you to get in a room and discuss this properly with us so rishi sunak in the last couple of days agreed to meet with them but on the understanding that he only had a one-off payment for them now that's not what they're looking for and that's a bit of a piss take to be perfectly yeah. honest um but i think mm. i do think that there's a bit of a subtext with the government going on and that's it's really down to individual opinions on that whether they're actually trying to run down the nhs in the hope of making it more in coming to line with like for instance european type um healthcare systems which are, a lot of them are sort of semi-public, publicly funded and semi-private. Insurance-based models. Insurance-based models. Yeah. Because um, the, there is no real cop- straightforward copy of the NHS internationally. But I, it's strange, actually. This morning I was listening to um, this Radio 4 and they were talking about um, waiting times and does private health care bring down waiting times does it help the nhs and all the rest of it and i heard a really good um, comment from an actual uh, consultant and he said people might think that they're helping the nhs by going private when in actual fact sometimes they're not because the doctor that they see or the the surgeon or whatever 
that they see privately could be the same doctor or surgeon that they would see under the NHS. And therefore, whilst they're paying for that service, for that surgeon or consultant, whatever, that surgeon and consultant would not be seeing the NHS patient. Gotcha. So it's kind of like um, give and take, and it's not necessarily the case that you're saving the NHS yeah. bother, basically. So I was thinking about the NHS the other day, and I was thinking about private healthcare because mm. um, my mum's got to have two new knees and she's currently on a waiting list and making the call of whether to pay the money yeah. and get one earlier yeah. or waiting and I was thinking to myself the, the, there should be some kind of incentive to go private for the NHS well Labour in their new this isn't a far political broadcast by the way I'm just saying what I've read in the news yeah. what I've heard in the news yeah, felt biff. One of one of exactly. So one of their um they've got a secret police force as well. But anyway, um one of their policies is to make those in society who can afford it, like the mega rich, mm -hmm. actually pay for NHS treatment. All of it. I don't I couldn't really say I'm, okay. it's either the large larger part of it or or all of it. I can't can't remember. But I actually have some sympathy with that point of view. Because you're mega rich. Because I'm mega rich. And I'm <laughs> a fool. Anyway, but having said that, there's certain things that I've gone privately for um, when particularly the waiting list was just too long, you know. Yeah. Um, my facelift. Yeah. Penis extension. Penis extension. <laughs> I mean, luckily I didn't have to wait long for those, about six inches. So <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> It's nine now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Flaccid. Anyway, so the um, <laughs> that'd be cut, wouldn't it? But anyway, probably me. Um, so I've, I've, and I, members of my family have gone private when they've needed to, when it's yeah. something life saving, like an MRI scan or something like that. Yeah. Now, because I won't say who or when, but last year, well, it was last year, so I have said when, but who was it? it? Was, <laughs> and it was uh, Uncle Albert. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we paid for an MRI scan, yeah. and it was about 900 quid. Yeah. But at least we found out that there was nothing wrong. Great. Thanks, Uncle Albert. You no, it wasn't really. <laughs> it was something, but yeah. that's something that we would normally have waited almost over a year for, and we couldn't afford to wait, you know, yeah. and we could afford to pay for it. So, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm not against private um, a partnership of private and public, to be perfectly honest. And I think any NHS worth its salt should have that. Now, you'll have purists' point of view that are saying at the moment in social media and on the news that the NHS should never have any private um, mm. any private partnership at all. And I just think that's, one, it's unrealistic, and two, we wouldn't be able to afford the NHS if that was the case. <laughs> um, I think as long as you keep the the parts of the NHS that are private, like cleaning contracts and I mean there's other areas of the NHS as well as long as you don't let those private concerns come into the management of the NHS the the management of the NHS in my opinion should always be kept in the public domain um, purely because it's not supposed to be um, a profit-making function so we've seen certain things privatized that in the past I've thought wouldn't be a good idea to privatise. For mm. instance, prison guards yep. being taken over by G4S, G4, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and different things like that. And as far as I can tell, I don't think they've necessarily gone that bad because it's still just people taking part in a job. And obviously in the private sector, there's maybe less accountability to the public purse, but there is accountability for renewed contracts and, you know, media scrutiny because obviously people will be watching G4S every move to see if they are letting prisoners but, out. But this Group 4, isn't it? Group 4? I think it was G4S. Right. Or it might be actually Serco now. Serco, yes. Yeah. But Serco had loads of problems, didn't they, with their service delivery. And that's primarily why people were slagging off private sector yeah. in the prison service anyway. But if you think to yourself about... Um, energy companies 
and they were privatised whenever. When were they privatised? Can't remember. Um, that hasn't really gone that well for the British people, has it? To no. be perfectly honest. So, I mean, it was going kind of well, but wherever you've got a private concern or a private company, and this is just logic, really, you will always find that profit comes above service to the people. It's just, it shouldn't. Because that's a bad business model more than anything else. Yeah. But very often, <clears throat> these companies think more of their shareholders than they do of the people they're serving. And that, whilst I understand the business model, I don't necessarily think that's a very good thing for uh, the, the British population. So it's not just energy, though. See, think about it. So you've got railways. They were privatised. Post? I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even begin to think about travelling by train anymore, to be no. perfectly honest. Um, well, You've got a private jet. Especially, well, yeah, exactly. Especially while there's a strike going on as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't travel on the trains at the you moment. <laughs> Unless you want to drive it yourself. Exactly. So I'll stick to the shepherd limo. Just taking your point about whether profit comes first in uh, private sector companies, which obviously it mainly does. You know, you get a few good Samaritans. But it has to, doesn't yeah. it? But we both work for the public sector, and you have to be honest that some of that uh, lack of drive for profit mm. leads to apathy yeah, and definitely. demotivation mm -hmm. and laziness yeah. that we've witnessed ourselves. Not from us, obviously. Without a doubt. Yeah. But you see, you know, I, I remember being in a, a local authority, which I won't name, uh, watching two people play solitaire for about three hours. Now, I was actually waiting for somebody to turn up for a meeting while I was doing that, but watching them, I mm. wasn't playing solitaire. Yeah, right. But we ended up getting out, and we were both chuffed. Excellent. <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the I watched them for three hours, and I filmed them. <laughs> oh, my God. This was before all of the GDPR <laughs> and everything else came out. But I filmed them because I was going to do a big expose on it, but you wouldn't get that in the private sector. Or if you did, mm. you wouldn't see them because they're working from home now. Or they'd be sacked. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's harder to sack people in the public sector because there are protections of workers' rights and all the rest of it, and which in, their, in themselves are not wrong. Let's, let's be straight about that. Um, but in the private sector, I don't know, I'm sure that you still get loads of people swinging the lead, but just not so obviously. Yeah, you do get them swinging the lead. However, there are results. They are results driven. So you've got to answer to your shareholders mm. at the end of the year. So it's fine to play solitaire for 99% of the year if you can deliver in 1%. However, if you, in the public sector, because you're not being held to account as much, mm. as in they're not calling you to a head and it's usually the council calling it to a head mm. to deliver their positive messaging for the year rather yeah. than yeah. a annual general meeting with this is how much profits we've made they haven't got yeah. the, they've not got that financial accountability yeah um i don't think i think you're right i just don't think you can apply that as a blanket no. rule across it all and the other thing i was talking to somebody about the other day oh actually mrs biff yeah because she kind of loosely works um associated with the NHS, although she doesn't really mental health. Yeah. Um, I had this question, because I love the NHS, and I think it's one of our proudest moments in this country, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I asked her, do, did she think there was a lot of waste in the NHS? Because having had some experience of the NHS as a patient, I have seen quite a lot of waste i have to say waste of time and mm. waste of resources yeah um and she didn't think that there was an awful lot but it is something that i i i still think may be an issue yeah. in terms of like the sheer mm. amount the volume of for instance ppe that the government tried to provide during the pandemic and got that badly wrong and wasted billions yeah so let's be honest about that as well so this comes back to the NHS strike, really, of nurses. If, if the government have got all that, that money, our money, by the way, to waste during the pandemic on dodgy contracts and contracts um, for, 
for their dodgy mate and contracts where there was no actual PPE provided. Yep. Yep. I mean, billions were wasted. And yet they say that they can't afford to up nurses' pay. It's just absolute rubbish, you know. Yeah, it's... um. I'd have more respect for them if they said something like, there's, there's no way we can afford an extra 19%. However, how do you feel about 10 point whatever, you know? Yeah. And I also think there'd be a lot more respect for the government if they quit and said, yeah, we fucked up with that uh, PPE. Absolutely. You know, I mean... But it's constantly avoiding the subject yeah. and pretending that it never happened. Yeah. It just beggars belief. It really does. It's really shit. Um, I heard something the other day and it was... So this is going off on a little bit of a tangent about information. And it was about public um, knowledge of people versus knowledge of institutions. Mm. And it was saying that, or, or one of these guys was saying that things have been turned on the head. Because we're private citizens, our data should be private. Right. And because a public institution is public, that information should be public. Mm -hmm. However, at this moment in time, it's switched. And our data is very publicly available, our personal information to companies, mm. governments, all manner of, you know, quangos, if they still exist. Yeah. And then you've also got uh, the government not sharing certain things, and yet it should be the other way around. Absolutely. Discuss. One of the things that I spotted the other day, well, not no, not the other day, I've spotted it quite a while ago, actually, but it came to a head the other day. When you go onto your smartphone, mind anyone's yeah. no. i mean uh, <laughs> if you go onto onto a smartphone yeah and any kind of website that you go onto nowadays which is the bugbear of my life up pops the pop-up as they tend to do saying do you agree to your data being shared blah 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 yeah in the past i've always clicked okay or 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 yes because purely thinking if i press no or reject, I'll be thrown off the website. You won't. Yeah. And yet here we are. We just blindly click yes or okay, yep. and we give our data to absolutely anyone on the internet. Yeah. When in fact, what we should be doing is just every single time press no or reject. Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, you will still be allowed onto the website. It's just that they won't get your data. And I wish more people realised that. So do you find that on hot and panting milk? I find hot and panting for it dot com yeah. as a, an umbrella website. Yeah. Quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but when I'm downloading, yeah. I think I might have said too much. Yeah, I uh, logged into your phone the other oh, day. No. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was extremely pleased to see uh, the MILFs. <laughs> I got pizza hot onto my house four times that day. Did you? The hell? Sorry. So uh, but with regard to data, so a lot of the stuff that we talked about in the past, like NFTs and uh, Web3 and crypto, is trying to decentralize data and make things more anonymous. However, in, at the same time, it makes everything more transparent. Mm. So if you did a Bitcoin transaction, so if I paid you, I don't know, 10 pound worth of Bitcoin, people would be able to view that. It wouldn't have our names attached to it, but you could trace the transaction. You could tra trace the transaction. Yeah. Whereas, if I was to transfer you ten pound in my bank account, it would be less available in the public realm. Right. But more available to the banks. Mm. Uh, I don't know where I've gone with this, so I might cut this bit out. But <laughs> my my question to you is: Would you feel safe using cryptocurrency over cash fiat? No. Okay. And the only reason that I say a resounding and immediate no is because I don't fully understand it. Whereas with internet banking and banking on my phone apps, I kind of know more in terms of how it's protected yeah. and my data is protected and stuff like that. But it would purely be a gut reaction and yeah. it would be no. Because it, to me, crypto even sounds dodgy. Is the it, word crypto. Is it like teaching you how to do the video? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I can understand for new people to the space that it does sound dodgy. However, it does put a lot more responsibility back in your hands. Mm. 
So you can lose, and you know, there are scammers out there that are willing to take advantage of that. Sounds great. Yeah, but uh, that's Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just hand over your uh, Here you go. private keys, and I'll... Uh, that 40 grand there, you can put that in. Cheers. <laughs> so, but what I'm trying to say to you is the, um, there's anonymity there to an extent. In crypto. Yeah. In crypto. Okay. And there's also uh, more uh, transparency of, of, of what's taking place. So it makes it more uh, open for scrutiny than private bank accounts doing dodgy deals with Cayman Island accounts. Yeah. Well, see, I've got an eBay account, bright and fluffy, right? Is that you? Yeah. I bought well, a dildo off you. I'll be changing it now because obviously people know it's me. Yeah. But when I'm selling stockings and that on eBay, I've given that away now. Um, but they're the juice covered ones. We will be cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> they're the used ones, let's put it that way. <laughs> and uh, the ones that stand up in the room on their own. So, <laughs> thanks off. Yeah, but that's anonymous. eBay. Or it was anonymous because I was bright and fluffy. That's what How it was. How is eBay anonymous? You have to give your address. Well, it's not anonymous to eBay, but it's anonymous to the people that are buying from you. They don't know your address. They don't know who bright and fluffy is, do they? Brighton as in Brighton or bright? Bright and, oh, bright and fluffy. Okay. I'm going to Google that. Do it. I will. I might even eBay it. Whatever. Um, so, the other thing I wanted to talk about is Prince Harry. Okay. The Royal Ginge. How do you feel about him? I like him. I think he's as honest as anyone can be in the public light, as it were. Um, what I found resoundingly, I watched the Netflix series and I watched his interview last night. Hmm? Not in preparation for this, because I'm not that together. But just... <laughs> Just happened that way. Yep. Um, what I found, the overriding feeling that I got from all of it was all my assumptions from beforehand about all the individual members of the royal family and him and the overall picture of the royal family hadn't changed one iota. And where I used to, the, what I used to believe and what I used to feel about them yep. is now precisely as it was before. So in other words, all of his revelations and inverted commas and all the rest of it came as no surprise to me personally. I I just always assumed those kind of things anyway. But what has struck me as like quite shocking is the amount of people on social media that have attacked her, Megan, and him as though they actually know them. Can I and just it, say, I'll go stop you there. Mm. So I heard a really disturbing statistic the other day because you said the amount of people. Yeah. The only reason I've stopped you is because I heard on the news when they were putting it to one of these political advisors that there's only, so all of the abuse that goes to or went towards Megan, I'm not sure whether it still stands up now, mm. was coming from 85 accounts. Interesting. Ah. So what they were saying was that basically there are there's a, basically a smear campaign. It's from, a factory. Yeah, it's a yeah. Sm it's a small group of people, because the thing is, like, you know, if they change a character on a sitcom, yeah, there's a there's an uproar. Yeah, people are, have uproars about everything now. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. got too much time on their hands, mm. in my view, to think about who's doing what. Mm. Yeah, mm. not focusing on themselves. That's my. I think it's lazy projection. Yeah. It's, it's almost like living vicariously, as they say, yep. through TV characters and things yeah. like that. And it's quite sad, actually. Yet we all do it to a certain degree. Yeah. But it's way more prevalent nowadays than it used to be. And this comes back to what we were talking about just before the podcast about people like J.K. Rowling mm. and Graham Linehan talking about the trans people. Yeah. You know, the people have got a lot of time to have an opinion whether they're rich famous yeah. or not rich and famous and i think that the royal family is just a, a massive target for those types of people yeah, that absolutely. want to have an opinion on something but yeah. also want to get some attention mm. 
so you know we, we discussed about you know sort of log farming and things like that mm. and if you believe that there's a racist undertone in the country and you put out a racist tweet you feel that you might get something especially if it's to a black target mm. yeah and in fact i think it was the documentary that where it was the 85 yeah. people yeah. um and for me i don't give a fuck what the royal family do like i'm happy for them to be there as long as they're not taking money and food directly from my table table I'm happy for them to do what they want. I'm happy for Harry to do what I want. I do think he's a bit deluded at the moment by releasing the amount of Taliban he's killed because I think he puts an instant target on his back because I know that he's got no security. Ah, now though, yeah. just butting in there, Yeah. I, I thought exactly the same thing and then I saw the actual paragraph Yeah. on, on I think it was on Twitter. Yeah. And what he's actually saying was, was misrepresented quite a lot. Okay. Um, but in some ways it wasn't mis misrepresented at all. I think it was something that, with hindsight, he didn't really need to go on about. But in one respect, he he was trying to to draw attention to the fact that there were a lot of people that were killed in that conflict that were unnecessarily killed. And I'm not talking about Taliban fighters because they knew what they were getting into and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and he was trying to draw attention to the fact that um, those people became anonymized, if you like. And, yeah. and so when he was referring to them as chess pieces, yeah. he wasn't saying that he thought of them as chess pieces. Or he was saying that if he did, it was because that's how they'd been trained to think about yeah. those. So I would advise anybody that thinks like that to, to see the actual paragraph. Because once I'd read it, I thought... Oh, yeah, that's what it meant. Well, and, and, it, and but, obviously yeah. the media, I was talking about this with someone the other day, the fact that the media now just have to be more and more attention grabbing. So they're going to be more and more extreme with their um, interpretations of anything. Mm. So if you're going to release a book, be prepared for there to be a smear campaign, for want of a better word, yeah. about that book, but, about that person, or unless they're on your side on it. Mm. So at the moment, there's the Brazilian leader that's controversial um, but in some ways, he's been heralded as this new profound person who's going to protect the rainforest. But then in another sense, he's apparently rigged the election. And yeah. Well, has he rigged it? Because from what... And I, I don't know. If he has, I'll be the first person to be appalled by it. But I'd like to see some evidence of it. And yeah. to date, and I was reading an awful lot of tweets this morning about it, and people just specifically saying you're crooked and you're bent and you've stolen the election, blah, blah, blah. And I think we kind of saw that last year, didn't we, with yeah. Trump? Yeah. I'd like to see some evidence of it. And to date, there's literally no evidence that I can find. I feel that at the moment that there's no trust and there's no honour and there's no pride. So if me and you run a race and, we, you know, I saw that you won the race, I'd go, okay, fair enough, you won the race. I would win. Fuck off. No, I, no, I no. would. No, I know that you've got a weakness. No, I would win it. No, you'd trip over your... You've got slippers on for a start. You'd trip over your massive penis that oh, you had yeah. done on the NHS. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, why can't people just accept the results? Because there's obviously some screws... You know, I'm, I'm not saying Brazil, but like uh, even over here, all oh, heavily contested. But isn't this partly because, for instance, People that watch GB News as a proportion of the population yeah. is minuscule, right? It, it still is. And yet, me personally get notifications about it on, yeah. from YouTube videos every bleeding day. You are a massive racist right-wing bastard. But uh, thanks for that. So um, <laughs> far from it, I'm a lovely person. However, um, a minuscule proportion of the population are GB News viewers. Yeah. And yet... If you go onto social media, you'd be forgiven for thinking that it's 90% of the population. Because a lot, especially on Twitter, which has got a lot more right-wing in the last couple of months, for obvious reasons, with Elon Musk bringing back certain questionable accounts and things like that. Um, what I'm trying to say is that the view of, of what is right-wing and what is left-wing 
is like really skewed at the moment yeah. on social media purely because the accounts that you associate like for instance with gb news and stuff like that they they're so prominent on social media uh, do you know what? i don't ever see any tweets from gb news right and i also don't see any racism towards uh megan markle you see now i've blocked gb news yeah on twitter purely because i find their articles boring and yeah very samey and it's the same old same old i'm not just not interested it's never factual it's never stuff that i'm going to be interested and yet i'm festooned with That's tweets a good word i love festooned. But what i want to say to you is i personally think that the reason why there's so much backlash to a any result of anything mm. is that people don't realize that the algorithms are geared towards what they look at read like retweet and so when they're a good point. when they're going onto their social media bubble, they're seeing loads of support for one thing or loads of uh, people against it. Mm. And because they're seeing that as their own reality, when the result actually gets reported by the old exactly, news, it's almost too shocking because they've seen so much support for now, it. Now you've explained it in a much better way, but that's primarily what I was trying to get at. Yeah. So when people are really pissed off about an election result, yeah. They're, they're that pissed off because they've been in their own little bubble yep. and their own echo chamber, to coin a phrase. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where their their rage comes from. Yeah. It's, it's almost like self-manufactured rage. Absolutely. But I, but I actually think that there are some people that, in particular in the media, that benefit from the rage oh, towards a, a particular yeah, yeah, antagonist, protagonist, whatever. But what I was thinking was, you, you said something there that really interested me. And I, I was quite surprised that you said that there were certain questionable accounts come to Twitter. And the reason why I'm saying that's a shock to me that you've said it is because I think that and every, everybody should have access to say what they want. On, yeah, definitely. Uh, within reason mm -hmm. and within the bounds of legality yeah. and taste. Yeah, without a doubt. I also think that... At the moment, there is a skew in knowledge about social media that allows certain voices to get elevated and manipulate the algorithms and create the, the echo chambers that yeah, we yeah. just discussed. Yeah. So I really welcome some of the people coming back mm. to Twitter. There's some people who I wouldn't want to see on there, right. but I also think by making them silent, you're actually pushing them underground and giving them more power. And you know, I agree to a certain degree. However, I suppose I was really thinking of Andrew Tate. That, oh. that was the main one that I, I had in my mind. Because when I saw that he was allowed back onto Twitter, I just thought, this is not good. Yeah. And I just thought, let's wait and see what happens. I genuinely thought that. I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. And look what's happened. You know. But I think that's a he's good thing. Still on, he's still on Twitter, though. Yeah, but... I suppose so. I see what you're saying. It highlights... Yeah, the, and yeah. you also give enough, enough rope to hang people in. So back in the day, do you remember when Nick Griffin got onto Newsnight? Yeah. And he was a fucking bellend. And <laughs> I don't give a shit. He was a bellend. And, you know, he was talking about indigenous, indigenous populations and cavemen. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, you had a platform, you've you had some groundswell of support, and you've lost any respect Absolutely. that anybody had for you. Because, you know, I can see why certain party, national parties exist, but I don't agree with necessarily their approach or their opinions but and i think it's like andrew tate you give them enough rope they'll hang themselves with it but if you push them underground they lose the ridicule of the masses and so become a stronger voice yeah it's a bit like um taliban and um you know certain uh terrorist yeah. cells yeah, yeah taking place in secret mm. in certain institutions mm. Those types of things, that grooming, is done in secret in the private. Yeah. If you take them out of the pro uh, the mm. public, it it makes it a lot more right. I think you insidious. you're spot on. Person. Wow. However. Yeah. Because there was always going to be. Yeah, there was. I suppose what I had in mind really was the accounts that are more 
what's the word so i don't like to use the word offensive because we can be as offensive as we like and it's up to other people whether they listen or not that's my take on it however with um accounts like andrew tate and there was one other that i've uh, lost me now i can't think what it was um it kind of bringing them back into the fold so to speak it gives them a certain legitimacy yeah and that's what i find really questionable but having said that i totally agree with you actually i, I change my opinion slightly i think so i'm a big fan of uh, i suppose it's just because it's distasteful to me yeah. personally and not just to me but other people as well but you're quite right that we should allow that distasteful offensiveness yeah to highlight itself i suppose in a way it's kind of like um condescending to say that they shouldn't have an account yeah because you're you're assuming that people are stupid enough let's face it a lot of them are to, to take them at their face value yeah whereas the majority of people who have actually got brain cells will look at it and think what a knob yeah well i mean the thing is on this podcast we've voiced our opinions i've said the words bellend you know i've said knob yeah right. and nine inches blatant lie okay, so you know it? people choose to believe it or not oh they'll believe i don't believe oh they'll believe. i don't believe. oh they'll believe and my view is that there will always be racist misogynist bigot in your house yeah <laughs> <laughs> in the mirror so and i believe but i believe that they that's a god but but there is a because the thing is i don't know whether i'm completely right for having my views and but what does right mean yeah but this is it but i didn't know that jordan so i'm a big fan of jordan peterson okay i like his books yeah and i know that some of his views are deemed controversial now he's back on twitter and I think I was surprised that he left Twitter. Like I just didn't. Re- You've just reminded me of the other account that yeah. I was referring to. Yeah. Now Jordan Peterson, if yeah. you if you see a lot of his YouTube um, videos, mm-hmm. I I can't fault them. A lot of them. Yeah. And a lot of them, I've thought, well, how balanced was that view? Yeah. It was refreshingly balanced, refreshingly um open to other people's interpretations of it but equally he spoke a lot of sense yeah since then and i find this really unfortunate that some of the things that he said on twitter are so petty it's unbelievable yeah like the things that he was saying about megan mark megan markle is grating on this and then went off on one on just sounded nonsensical it, yeah there was no sense or logic to it. but we've talked about this in the past oh can i just add that no there were <laughs> oh, well i will anyway okay. so nine inches so the <laughs> a couple of his videos have been him where he cries yeah he breaks down and all the rest of it i have no problem with people crying or whatever on videos let's make that clear yeah but to me, it just seemed like he'd lost the plot. Yeah. And I was just a bit concerned at one point about his mental fragility. Well, this, is, this was where I was heading. So some of our friends told us about someone with mental health problems doing a cookery show on TikTok. Not me. Okay. Fuck. And um, they... <laughs> well, cooking with nuts. I was thinking about that last video you made. What? <laughs> cooking for and with nuts. Yeah, something you, like that. you were the four. Oh, anyway, right, right. let me get this fucking All out. Right, okay. Is what I said at the start of it. Nine inches. So, carry. So, the uh, so the, our friends told us about this TikTok where there's someone with blatant mental health problems doing a cookery show, really making doing dangerous things, you know, like, and what, what we what we're doing is because Twitter is a or Facebook or any of the social media platforms are legitimate sites. We almost give them credibility for the content that we see. Right. Okay. However, we're seeing content from people who are potentially mentally ill, um, misguided, mm. you know, and all of that. If you think of Jordan B. Peterson, I like his books. I yeah. think they're very good. And like you say, I think they're very balanced. I've seen some of his stuff about religion. I don't 
find good. However, do you completely censor the man mm. or do you let people have the choice of what they take and what they yeah. leave yeah. behind? And I think that's the same with Andrew Tate. It's free speech. At the end. Yeah, and I'd take less of his stuff than I would of Jordan Peterson, if, if any. Yeah. But what I'm saying to you is, by completely wiping him out, because there might be somebody somewhere that got inspiration from him to do something positive. Cancelling. Yeah. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, I don't necessarily think it's a good idea to cancel people. Uh, per se. But I also don't think it's a good idea to take everything that you see on social media as a fact or, yeah. you know, and if you do, if you see social media as reality, then you've got some bigger problems. Absolutely. All, all I would say is I, I agree with you 99.9%. And the only bit that I wouldn't agree with, or maybe we are closer in agreement than we think. I just worry sometimes about legitimising those accounts that are misogynistic or sexist or racist, blah, 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 because of how it can affect people negatively and attract them to it. Yeah. So I suppose... But, but, that, in but they exist in place. the world. These people exist yeah, in, yeah. on the streets. We yeah. don't go and kill them and we don't go and put them in yeah. jail unless it's that extreme. Yeah. But just going back to Jordan Peterson again mm. and you saying about Meghan Markle... Mm. And I think, in a way, some of the videos that you see of him, it's a bit like the what we're talking about with reading the paragraph. If you see his wider context, yeah, yeah, yeah. you might... I'm not saying you will, no, but you, you might get a, a different view of what he was trying to say. Yeah. I also know that he's been through some mental health issues um, due to some family illnesses. Because yeah, I started his reading wife's his, been ill yeah, yeah. And that... You know, I mean, there's certain days here when I've been having some worries, general worries, and I've cried over fucking, um, you know, remember John Barrowman's Tonight's the Night? <laughs> well, no. It was like some variety, luckily oh. for him, well, there's a variety show called Tonight's the Night. Okay. And John Barrowman presented it, and basically, it was a he bit like... He winds me up, I can't watch it. Yeah, it was shit. But, like, there was this kid who, like, it was his dream to sing in front of an audience, and he did it. Mate, I was fucking blarting all over oh, the yeah, place. things like that. You know, like, but what I'm trying to say to you is, on that day, you would have probably got a different tweet from me than when I feel like, at the moment, I feel like I'm quite Toss together. together. Blah, blah, blah. And, but what we do is we don't sort of say to Jordan Peterson, come off social media while you're having a blart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We just, no, we just no, let him carry on. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the Kardashians. That, that You see everything of their life. And I don't think it's a good thing to see everything of everybody's life because you can't ever, and I think I've said this before on social media, you can't ever take back what you've said. We're putting this out there and someone can find it and make us out to be whatever they want. I don't give a fuck, but the if we were saying something that we then later change our opinion on, mm. we've lost a, a bit of like... Yeah, but isn't this like the power mm. of being able to say in public because I would never have a problem with doing this of saying what I thought two weeks ago was complete bollocks yeah, and, but... and ever since then I've learned that what I was saying was bollocks so I fully accept that it was but what about if the media it's accountability if it? the media only show the bit of you saying the thing that you've oh, changed your mind on well that's you've at least always got the full version of what you originally said so, but people can do that, can't they? Joe, you know, I genuinely think that it's the cut and based society. Yeah, basically. There's, there's too much news media. There's too much Ooh. content. I read something or heard something on the radio the other day about this, where somebody was deliberately limiting how many times they looked at the news on their phones, mm -hmm. and their lives were so much more positive afterwards. Really? Because, I mean, I I don't look at the news every five minutes. Yeah, However, every I probably watch the news <laughs> at least three times a day. Yeah. And it can get you down. The of news is bullshit. Can. Of course it can, absolutely. And I had this conversation with Mrs. Biff last night that some of the stories, like for instance, the Daily Mail headlines, right? Yeah. The number of Daily Mail readers, in inverted commas, that just look at the headlines and leave it at that and don't read the full article or even on the I or the Independent or Guardian, whatever, yeah. 
and don't read the full article. Yeah. I find that really annoying. Yeah, but that's because people are, are overwhelmed with information. And I do it. So I get lost in my phone watching Instagram reels, a bit like TikTok, just videos. And I'm just, and I find that an hour's gone. And I, I YouTube's feel ashamed. the same with the shorts. Yeah. I, you can just get. I feel ashamed of myself when I've lost an hour. And I think you learn from things, don't you? Yeah, but a lot of it's just comedy. It's it's mindless scrolling a lot of times. Yeah. But I think the problem that you've got is you've either got mindless scrolling or you've got manipulated news. And there's nowhere in between that you can just go, can Mm. I find out Mm. the facts of what's happening today? And I don't think there is anywhere. No. The only place that you really see a glimpse of fact is what's trending on Twitter because yeah, it's it's talked, talked about by a lot of people. Like for instance, with the Ukrainian war, <clears throat> yeah, the war that's going on out there at the moment. Mm. That I can't remember the name of the site now, but there's uh, the account on Pornhub. Ac- no, Pornhub UK. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> um, there's a Ukrainian news agency. Yeah. That tweets in English. Okay. And it's it's guaranteed factual. Yeah. And it it gives you so much factual evidenced news. Yeah. That is really interesting to watch. Can I just put something to you though? That it's uh, not evidence and not true. No, I'm not saying any of that, but I saw an interesting graphic infographic the other day. And it was talking about the leader of the Ukraine whose name's Zelensky. Uh, yeah, Zelensky. And it was showing how the media portrayed him. Same um media outlets so the same newspapers just before the ukrainian invasion that we're calling it or russian war whichever way you want to put it special operation yeah um so before the guardian was calling him some kind of you know dictator afterwards he's a hero Mm. you know and same across all of the news ones left and right wing you know the difference of opinions oh absolutely now there was one this morning which I'll refer to in a minute. Yeah, so Ukrainian news is their view on things. Same as, you know, the winner always, uh, the winner of a war always mm. prints the, the history mm. books. Same as, <clears throat> you know, in Russia, I'm sure they're getting a different bit that they believe is fact. Of course. It's fucking mental. I might have misled you, actually. The Twitter account that I was referring to, yeah. it's not based in Ukraine. Okay. It's um a Ukrainian, no, it's not. It's a news service about Ukraine, and I'm not sure where it's actually based. Is it Donald Trump's account? Yes. Okay. So, but anyway, coming back to something that you just said. Yeah. This morning, there was a headline from 2013 in the Daily Mail, okay. which was referring to Prince Harry yeah. and his um, Afghanistan work. Yeah. Again, you know, when he was in the army, basically. <laughs> what? It like it was a post. I oh, know. And uh, <laughs> it was... It was bigging up, basically, one of his operations on the Afghan um, top brass. And then they put alongside it a 2023 headline from the Daily Mail saying that he was a murderer and all the rest of it. And this is it. And it was exactly the same story, but at other ends of the spectrum. And this is my point about things getting seen as fact at the time. Mm. So when me and you met, Speech, uh, so uh, social media was very, very in its infancy, if at all. And I don't think Facebook was out when we first met. Probably still MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. Uh, Well, uh, yeah, MySpace. can't be, can it? Yeah, I think it was. MySpace was. In fact, I knew you before MySpace. Mm. Yeah. And back then, uh, our sort of social media was each other talking, and we sort of reinforced what you could and couldn't say. Mm. Now the whole world reinforces what you can and can't say. And with the passing of time, if those conversations from back then were still available, me and you would be seen as all manner of things because that was what we sort of deemed to be appropriate at the time. However, the world and opinion has changed since then about sexuality, yeah. um, gender issues, yeah, yeah. You know, everything, uh, you know, Again, equality. It's, it's funny you should say this because last night, I was watching, I don't know if you ever watched Live from the Apollo. I very rarely do. I used to watch it all the time, but it's gone a bit political for me. But when there's an old one, I quite often tune in. It was Jack Whitehall, who I can take or leave, to be honest. 
he was actually quite funny. And Josh Widdicombe. And it must have been one of his earliest ever appearances because yeah. he looked about 12. Yeah. Well, he still does, but... Mm -hmm. um, and Shapiko Sander, mm -hmm. who I, I quite like, but I've never really found her that hilarious. And you definitely would. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we cut... Moving on. <laughs> so, but the... I think it's Shapiko Sander. She actually said something that was quite near the knuckle in terms of trans people yeah oh that's right somebody wolf whistled her in the audience and yeah. she quickly turned around and said you wouldn't have whistled when i was a man yeah nowadays she wouldn't go anywhere near that comment nope. and there was something that i i didn't mind by the way because mm -hmm. it just struck me as interesting because I, it it sounded oddly at odds with the times, yeah. and then I realised it was a really old <clears throat> Apollo appearance. And Jack Whitehall said something as well, but I can't remember yeah. what that was now. But it was like very very similar in terms that I sat up and thought, "What? Yeah, did he really just <laughs> say that?" But it's because it was an old exactly, and that is the passing of time, which mm. is fine, and you grow and you learn. And uh, so I'm just reading uh, Quentin Tarantino's. A book about uh, it's called Cinema Speculation, and it goes through different films like uh, Bullet, um, Dirty mm. Harry, and stuff like that. And he's talking about how homosexuality was portrayed in the movies early on, and it was sort of almost like this really offensive thing. And it, you know, and gradually, you know, to now where that would be deemed as an offensive, and if if it comes out in a film now, mm. it would be there'd be uproar. But back then, you know, depicting a man as feminine was almost like the the comedic character mm. in it. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I just think that we we aren't giving ourselves one a chance to be forgiven, or a chance to learn, or a chance to grow by recording and holding people to account based on mm. the past yeah. as much as we are. Oh yes, and I just you know, I mean, we've got to draw it to a close now, but I I do think that we need to just be mindful that. Whatever the media is portraying for us at the time is not necessarily the whole truth. Definitely. And also oh, may yeah. not be the view of the person that they're portraying it about at that particular moment in Absolutely. time. So, um, but just going back to Andrew Tate very briefly, the media are glorifying this character now. So he's on being talked about on everything. Uh, parents watch out for Andrew Tate. It's the same stuff that you've heard before about other people. And it's almost like they need a bad guy to portray. And I'm not saying he's the good guy. I'm just saying they need... He's actually far from it. Yeah, yeah. but they need somebody to mm. attack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the nature of British media because, to me, British media is probably the best and the worst in the world. Yeah. You, know, you certainly don't see as much um, paparazzi nonsense in other countries as you do in Britain, although it's in, in getting worse. Yeah. You know. We've we've got a lot to answer for, to be perfectly honest. We have. Biff. Mate. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. More after the break. No, no. Shut up. I'll leave that big sign at the end. I've got to get moving. And you have. I have.